what's been driving you to be able to want to have an online business? Overall motivation for that was to have a successful business that we could do from anywhere. It's much harder with our marketing agency to do it anywhere, but an e-commerce business we really felt would lend itself well to that. Geographical freedom is the big one, yeah. You're listening to The Growth Booth, the show focused on achieving lifestyle freedom through online businesses. Whether you're looking for step-by-step strategies to start building an online business, simple game plans to grow your business, or proven lifestyle freedom frameworks, you are in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the thousands of listeners already in growth mode. Welcome back to The Growth Booth. I'm excited about our guests today. You are in for a treat because you're you're about to find out about the story of two online entrepreneurs who went from knowing absolutely nothing about e-commerce to building not just one, but a couple of e-commerce stores that have done five figures per month in sales. So Dom, Kerry, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to be here today. I want to dive right into this. So can you give people a little bit of background about what your e-commerce business is all about? Imagine someone doesn't know anything about e-commerce. What are you doing to make money through your e-commerce store. Okay, let me start. Carrie can jump in. So we started with a course and taught us how to do e-commerce. We set up our first store, followed everything in the course, and tried to do you know the stepwise stuff like you said. We had other businesses, but never done anything online commerce before electronic commerce. So all the steps, built out the store, added products advertise those products and uh, started making sales. But where do you make these where do you make these sales, Kerry? Uh, I mean, are you doing it on your own website? Is it on some other platform? Like where do your extra sales happen? No, it's actually on another platform. We do have a lot of experience with website building, but we would never presume to take on for ourselves to build our own website to sell our stuff. There's a lot of value in using a um, a, pla- a proven platform. So that's why we chose what we did. Right. A purpose-built platform for the purpose of e-commerce. Right. Right. So um, obviously, uh, the course that you went through is the Kibo Code, which is a course that right. Steve Clayton and I put out. And the platform that you're using is called Cartsy, which is part of that. It's an e-commerce platform that allows you to set up an optimized store and make sales. Um, but you can also sell using other methods as well. Like you can sell on the Facebook marketplace. Are you doing any of that? Or are most of your sales actually happening in your on your web store? Well, a- actually, as time went on, we kept adding more channels. Right, so now we have we added it up the other day. We have six channels and hope to add at least one, if not two more, today. So we have this two year. this year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> not today. Not today. <laughs> two Facebook marketplaces, two Facebook shops, and two e-commerce stores. That's some um, great diversification right there. I think that's one of the, the real keys to predictable income online is not having all your eggs in one basket. And you guys have done a great job. We actually found that out in the very beginning. Because right. we had all our eggs in one basket. <laughs> yeah, well, I followed a similar path. Um, you know, I had eggs in my basket, one basket when I started out as well. And I learned that lesson pretty early on, thankfully. Now, the model that you're doing is called dropshipping, where you don't have to buy any inventory upfront. You don't have to have any products in your own home. When someone orders a product on your store, at that point, 
you get the money from them and then you can buy that product. That's what the Kibo Code method is all about. And depending on when people watch this video, they may be able to go to the KiboCode.com and actually participate or they may not. It just depends on when they're, they're watching this. Did you have struggles when you were starting out with your, your e-commerce journey? Like we said, ground zero. We knew nothing about We bought plenty of stuff in e-commerce, but we never sold anything on e-commerce. So we were total newbies. And, you know, over the course of time, we would get locked out of one thing or get locked out of another and have to get, get our access back. And we would advertise on, say, Google and Google would say, no, you're a bad actor and shut us down. And then that's the eggs in one basket. We only had you know, our only outlet to let the world know was Google. And when they said, no, you can't advertise anymore. We were now what? Then that kind of prompted us, frankly, to get into the Facebook marketplace as we were working with Google and working through the issues that Google uh, thought they had, the thought that we were doing incorrectly. But in fact, they finally figured out that no, we were we were behaving uh, correctly under the Google rules, and they turned us back on, and we've been on ever since. But we were probably off for 12 weeks near the very beginning when we were just getting started. So now it's not as big a deal, but then it was a huge deal. But basically, as you said, eggs in one basket, or, or Terry said, we had no outlet, no way to yeah. get our message out. Unfortunately, this is you know part of the reality is that a lot of these platforms like, like Google, they will often think you know you're, you're guilty until proven innocent kind of a thing and that's their approach and there are some bad actors out there who do try to do suspicious things online uh, but once google and and the other platforms like facebook and so on realize that look you're the real deal normally they have no issue at all with people selling what about your background though you said that you didn't know anything about e-commerce so what, what did you do prior did you guys have day jobs or what's your background i'll start and Terry can jump in because our, our backgrounds are different I had a day job many years ago and got laid off in 90, 1993, I think, somewhere around there. And then uh, I said, what the heck am I going to do now? So I went into business for myself and uh, have had a corporation running ever since. And you know, it's evolved and it does very different things now than it did then. Some similar, a lot different. And uh, we look to diversify. And one thing we always look to do is diversify. And that's what got us into going to the Kiba code. Is that, you, is that business anything related to selling physical products online? Absolutely not. Uh, we have a couple of SaaS products, uh, software as a service. And we have uh, mostly, we do uh, like a marketing agency. We help right. people build their business, grow their business, yeah. use, like, use uh, automation to... It's a completely uh, different model. To totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. We, we really mostly sell services, right? And how about you, Kerry? What What was your you know your your past life prior to becoming an e-commerce entrepreneur? You know, I worked with Dom and his business on and off over the years, more and more as the years went by. But but prior to that, I was a nurse working in hospital setting. I did different roles as a nurse, but. Yeah, it was a job. Obviously, also a completely different uh, world to building your own e-commerce business. Um, totally. I'm sure there are some different skills and mindsets and you know characteristics that helped you guys succeed because I don't think success really happens by luck. Can you talk a little bit about the mindset that you feel like people need to have to be able to succeed at a course like the Kibo Code or, or any kind of e-commerce business for that matter? What, what's the type of mindset they have to have coming into something like this? So I think they have to be open to opportunity, have pretty strong work ethic. Doesn't mean you have to do it as a full-time 
endeavor, I don't think, because I do think you could do it part-time, but you have to be committed to it. Yeah. There's a lot to learn. There's um, everyday things that need to be done and strategic things that need to be done. That's what I think spells success. It sounds like sounds like it's a real business. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, exactly. they say if you're not making money, it's a hobby. So, you right. know, our goal is to make money. Additionally, I'd say you're going to have setbacks if your background is having worked for an employer for most of your career. You're, you know, the set. It's a, it's a different world because the setbacks are are more personal. I should say. I would say when you're working on your own. But my, you, know, you just have to just keep on uh, going through. You know. So as Winston Churchill said once, um, if you're going through hell, keep going, and that's what you have <laughs> Thank to you do. Man. Don't give up. Yeah. You'll get out of it. If you just keep working the system, whatever it was, is like our Google slap. We were shut down. We just worked with Google. We kept working. We kept working. We kept asking them again to relook at our stuff. And eventually, yeah. you know, if we had let it go, if we had said, oh, we're done, yeah. it would have been done. And um, what was the motivating thing for you to start? Like, why did you want to start an online business in the first place? What was the thing that made you, you know, what was, what's been driving you to be able to want to have an online business. Okay, you go. Go for it. <laughs> I got the insight of this one. <laughs> Overall motivation for that was to have a uh, successful business that we could do from anywhere. It's much harder with our agent, our marketing agency to do it anywhere, but an e-commerce business we really felt would lend itself well to that. Yeah. So ge- geographical freedom is, yeah. is um, the big one there. Yeah. I think most people start an online business because they're looking for some type of geographic freedom or I guess a lot of it's freedom in general. So um, a lot of people, the first thing I think about is the money, but that quickly, in my opinion, becomes almost a second priority because you, you get the money eventually, as long as you keep chipping away at it, like, like you guys have done. Uh, so I think it's the other benefits of having the time freedom and the geographic freedom that are the really so. special ones um, for sure. Is there anything special about your daily routine that, that you guys do that you think has helped result in, in your success? When you've obviously, obviously disciplined about what you're doing, you've got some yeah. experience. That, and- so, so for me, my day starts with dealing with any orders that have come in, customer service inquiries. Um, we have a team of VAs. So I'm always interacting with the VAs to make sure they don't have questions, have run into problems, that sort of thing. That's how my day begins. After that, then, and that can take anywhere from a pretty short time to half my morning <laughs> or wow. all my, but then I always have time to work on the strategic stuff later on. For people who are new, VA is a virtual assistant. Basically, it's a person who we've hired to help us out and they don't work physically with us. They work somewhere else. So my day is similar. I have some few things that I'd like to take care of early just to get them off the, off the table and things that have happened overnight that I have to deal with in all of our businesses. Um, and then uh, I have a list of things that I do each day. Some are tactical, some are strategic. We have a set of goals for every week, and we try to meet those. We try to work hard to meet those goals. And then we have, of course, longer-term goals for the, for the quarter, for the year, um, and going forward. On a day-to-day basis, we work on the weekly goals, um, which will lead into the quarterly and the yearly. But So if we have to do these five things this week, we try, try to knock one off every day. It sounds like you both work work together um, in, in your different businesses, but in the e-commerce business in particular, how have you sort of divided up the the operations? Do, do one of you do the heavy, heavy lifting? Um, are you both kind of splitting that up? Do you have 
How, how do you approach that working in a partnership there? Well, we, how are you defining heavy lifting? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so, yeah, so we both do heavy lifting, but in different areas. I, sorry, I would answer it. Is that politically correct? So, you, know, <laughs> anyway, you, have be, you have to be careful what you say. <laughs> exactly. So um, basically, I do the more technical side of things in general. Um, I manage my own like Facebook marketplace. I do the looking for technology that will help us. Um, we both kind of look for products. Um, and Carrie does the management, and she can tell you better, the, of the virtual assistants and um, putting the orders. She actually puts the orders into our drop shippers. I, yeah, I do. Right now, I do all the order management. But I, we're, I'm always looking for things that I can delegate out to the VAs. And we've done more and more of that over time. So yeah, I think I agree. You know, I agree with John. We do different things. We pretty much spend, I would say, equal time on the business. And I, I would also say that um, getting a virtual assistant was uh, life changing, if you will. Mm. It made the difference in the business in both in its growth and our excitement about it. And not not excitement because it grew and we got more money, but excitement because we could do things we were better at, and we and that you want to do. And I don't want to do yeah. right, and we well, they kind of they kind of are the same, right? If you're better at them, you kind of like right. to do them. If you're not yeah. that good at them, you kind of don't like to do them. <laughs> so, but then we would put the things out that we don't like uh, uh, or things we're not great at to a person who's who's better at doing them, and that made a big difference because it kind of lifts a weight off your shoulders because because you know the everything's getting done. So I would and, and but you're only doing the the stuff that's important for you to do and you have someone else doing some other things. And um, I would highly recommend anybody going into this business to do that as soon as possible, even if it starts costing you a little money at the beginning. Yeah. I think I've got two regrets um, with my own online business. One of them was that I didn't start e-commerce sooner because I kind of put it in the too hard basket. And the other was that I did everything myself for too long. Um, mm -hmm. I can vividly remember when I started hiring a VA that or VAs, virtual assistants, that my business started to explode. There's like a point in time, I can vividly remember it. And I was getting them to do the most mundane little things, but it was a game changer for me because I'd go, go to sleep at night, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have 10 hours done. I was like, oh my God, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, because I, I was still working a day job at the time, all of a sudden I was getting so much more work done in a week and it sort of put this the turbochargers on on my business so i'm glad you found the same thing did you have experience in working with a v virtual assistant in the past or we we do have a couple of um us-based virtual assistants that we've used um part on a part-time basis over the years in our agency business so we had some experience with that but the vas that we hired for the e-commerce business are not us-based they and they've been delightful to work with. I, I can totally relate to that. Um, and I think just building a team in general. So in Steve and my business, we've got a team of must be about 65, 70 people um, around the world. And when you sort of multiply out how much work you can get done on a daily basis, and not just that, but that you can have someone who is actually a lot better than you at doing things. Um, right. it's, it's just such a, a no-brainer and that's how, how businesses grow. Talking about business growth, I, I want to try to paint a picture for people who are listening to this. What, what has been you know, the best month? You've got a couple of stores. What, what has been the best month in, in those stores in terms of like a dollar number to sort of paint that picture for people? 
I think uh, on our first store, um, our best month was like in the $10,000 range, a little above that. And our uh, other store, would we say 15,000? About 15,000. Right. And, yeah. but, but by best, I mean, okay, so the months are much better than they were at the beginning. So, um, uh, you know, it's always, it's always so best and current are not that far apart. Of course. Yeah, yeah. How long did it take you to make your first sale? I mean, was it like an overnight success thing or did oh, you have to bat oh, away? No, or? <laughs> no we, uh, we put a reasonable number of products into our store and tested a reasonable number on, um, I don't remember the exact number. On, ad platform, different ad platforms. On different ad platforms. Yeah. I think we got a, probably our first sale probably pretty early, but we certainly didn't have a great month. Until yeah. it was a while later. I think that's that's um, reasonable. And you've got offline business experience. And the thing I always say to people is, you know, if, if I compare how quickly I can get an online business going to an offline business, then even if it takes a few weeks to get your first sale, right. it's still quite remarkable. Um, so I don't, I don't know how long that took you exactly, but um, you know, right? It's remarkable because because there's so many tools out there to get you customers. If you have an offline business, whether it's uh, brick and mortar or, uh, or even a, a, another kind of service business, you have to, you have a whole, it's a much tougher, longer, and more uh, uh, and harder, uh, difficult job to get your customers, prospects, leads, prospects, and, and customers than it is um, when you have these outlets these to, to let the whole world know what you're selling. If we talk about the products that you are actually selling, how do you choose these products? Are you following a general sort of theme? Do you sell products that you're interested in? Or is it just everything and anything? So we did what, the, what we learned in the Kibo Code program initially and had a general store, um, a sort of a very eclectic mix of, of products. And we chose them not randomly, but we chose we part of what we learned in the Kibo Code program was how to research products. And so that's how we chose them. We try really hard to keep our emotional bias out of the product choice um, because just because we would buy it or we wouldn't buy it, it really is irrelevant. I always get amazed. The products that I think are going to do the best or the products that I think don't have much chance, sometimes end up being my winners. It's so hard to predict. There's things that you can do to stack the odds of success in your favor. Um, And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what what product you sell, Um, but sometimes it's the most mundane object or bizarre object and Mm -hmm. it turns into a home run. It's just just the way it goes. Right. And different outlets have different uh, products that that, that sell. So you could have one outlet which sells product A and another outlet, which you couldn't sell product A if you gave it away. And, um, you know, and then vice versa. So we found that it's very interesting from a human, human interaction or whatever humanity uh, perspective to, to analyze that out and say, wow, I sold a million of these over here, but I can't sell any over there. Yeah, it's a, it really is fascinating. And um, I think the more experience you get, the more you realize that almost any product can sell. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and sometimes I see something being sold, and I'm like, "What the what the heck is that thing? I don't even know what it is." Because one of my team has 
put it up and I see all these orders coming in and then I discover, oh, didn't know that thing existed. But <laughs> good, good oh, yeah. call to have. We have one of those. Well, we have yeah. several. I mean, we, have, we have, you know, our VAs do our product research, a lot of our product research. With guidance. Well, yeah, with guidance from us, of course. They don't, look, they don't put anything up we don't approve, but, they go, but as you said, oh, look, everybody wants to buy this thing. What the heck is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter as long as there's uh, demand for it. Now, right. talking about the the blueprint that you've used, which has been the Kibo code, um, I'd love to dive down, drill down a wee bit more into your journey. Um, I mean, did you just follow the steps, step by step by step? Did you sprinkle a bit of your own magic in there? What did you guys do to to see success with it? So, can I just tell a little quick story? Oh, absolutely. So. So I'll, I'm going to answer your question in a roundabout way. Um, we followed the blueprint step by step. And the, part of the reason we did that is because we have learned from our own experience that if you think you know better than the experts do, you pretty much usually don't. And a friend of ours years ago decided he was going, had a business degree. He was going to buy a Subway franchise, which is a, a sandwich store in the U.S., and but he knew better than the than the company did. And he put his own sprinkled his own magic on his franchise and went belly up in six months. So we kind of kept that in the back of our minds when we started the Kibo Code and did. We watched all the videos. We talked to all the people. We listened to all the webinars. We really did walk the walk. As we got more experience, we were able to, you know, deviate slightly, but all but all with the basis and the foundation of what we were taught. Yeah. So, so, you know, we didn't just go uh, in off on our own. Yeah. And how about for someone who might be considering whether or not they want to go down this path? Um, maybe they're unsure of whether something like the Kibo Code is going to work for them. Maybe they've got some um, uncertainties around whether or not they're going to be able to do it. Um, what, what would you say to people like that? If you follow the course... We, um, and you take do it step by step. You may be one of the first guys to be successful or one of the last guys to be successful or somewhere in the middle, but you will be successful. Um, if you follow it and don't sprinkle too much of your own magic on it too soon. And you know, I think that people need to understand that starting any kind of business, whether it's e-commerce or not, is going to involve time. And it's going to take a bite out of your your either your personal time, your work time, or whatever, and you need to be prepared for that because you know it's it's not an easy road to start a business. Um, it's a lot easier when you have a proven framework to work with, <laughs> um, but uh, but it does require time and commitment. Yeah, I think um, I think that a lot of people expect magic to kind of happen overnight with yeah. online businesses, um, and that's because there are a lot of you know um, unrealistic claims floating around out there. I, I do think that in the world of online business, e-commerce is probably the most predictable. And, and certainly in a matter of a couple of weeks, you could have a store up and you could have products up. And once you've yep. got a store and products, you could have traffic. And once you've got traffic, then it's it's really just a matter of time um, to make until you make sales. So um, yeah, I think it's important that people are aware that there's no magic bullet in any kind of a business. Online business is the same. However, I would say that I think online business and particularly e-commerce, it's, um, it's just riding this amazing wave right now. And right now, there, sure. are, 
there's so much to be excited about um, as we roll into 2022 you know we're looking at all kinds of new avenues new platforms that we can sell on uh, the likes of tiktok the likes of uh, pinterest walmart is a massive one a lot of people don't realize the potential of walmart um, and just how it's exploding in growth and this is in addition to everything that we've done in the past like facebook marketplace like uh, you know the different um, shopping platforms like google and and, and Microsoft advertising and so on and so forth. So I think there's uh, just so much to be excited about. Uh, and the, the important thing is you do have that discipline that you guys have had um, and you follow the recipe. I think they're the, they're the key ingredients that we keep seeing in success um, from lots of people. The background doesn't matter. I mean, you guys are a proof of that. You were not, um, you know, it's not like you had a background in online e-commerce, but you are... E-commerce entrepreneurs. Uh, <laughs> it sounds funny when you when you say that, right? But um, it's it's the reality. Um, just uh, final question for you: um, ambitions, objectives for twenty twenty two with your business. Have you got any numbers that you're chasing in terms of revenue or anything like that? We were. I don't know if we have. We have revenue numbers in general of how much we'd like to increase our monthly net revenue across all of our business lines. Um, but I don't think we broke it down on a per business, did we? I think we did this morning. We did? Yes. We did for a quarter. We did for a quarter. Um, so for, for Q1, we'd like it to be 1.5, what it was um, in the fourth quarter of 2020. So I think I think the growth that you can see with, with e-commerce, once you've got that foundation, it's absolutely huge because... If you roll back the clock a year ago and imagine, you know, January 2021, um, I mean, you guys, I think you knew almost nothing about e-commerce and here you are a year later, you've got a couple of successful stores. So yeah, it should be, you know, you should keep seeing this incremental growth. That works and, for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about what the year is going to bring for you guys. And I'm looking forward yeah, we to are too. Um, I think that, being, you know, this is, a, is, you know, it's horrible. Um, of things that the world has gone through in the last two years. Um, I mean, there, there's never something that's 100% horrible, right? Everything has some bright spots here and there. And I will never downplay what's happened to the world. But I will say that there are some opportunities that presented themselves. Um, and I think e-commerce is an opportunity that has grown um, uh, in in. Uh, much faster, exponentially faster because of what's gone on in the world in the last two years. Yeah, that's definitely a big, big silver lining and it's not definitely not slowing down. So uh, you guys are riding the wave and I'm looking forward to watching you guys continue to to crush it. So um, thank you so much for taking some time out to share your story with, the, with everyone here today. It's um, inspirational, it's motivational. Uh, and for people who want to find out more about the Kibo Code, you can go to thekibocode.com and get information. If you are uh, listening into this as a podcast, it's podcast episode number three on the Growth Booth. So go to thegrowthbooth.com and you can find and see uh, show notes, transcriptions, uh, important links, and so much more. So that's a wrap for this uh, episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next one. 